This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I'm Dylan Hafer, and I am glad to be back here for another Wednesday episode with Jordana Abraham. Hey Jordana, how's it going? Hi Dylan, excited to be back. Lots to lots to unpack this week. Lots to unpack. We are we are getting toward that royal wedding of New Jersey, but first we have some exciting, I guess, breaking news to get to. Dorit Kemsley has some holiday plans, and she is going to be spending her December in the UK touring around with Boy George in a production of Peter Pan. Um, I asked when we got on the microphone if you had seen this and you were like, no, but then you looked at it and you were like, oh, I did see this and I thought it was a joke. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, that's kind of, it, it's sort of like if there was ever a show to get high before, oh. that would be it. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I have gotten some insight from British Bravo fans. So this is not like a classic stage musical, I guess. It's something called a pantomime or like a panto, which is a thing in the UK. It's like a holiday family show where there's like slapstick humor, hijinks, the audience participation. Uh, It's not like, I don't think we're going to be giving like Tony worthy performance in Peter Pan, the tour, but also Jagger and Phoenix are going to be in the show as part of Peter Pan's gang. This is really going for it. (laughs) That was the part that I really thought was a joke. Well, okay. It all just gets wackier and wackier. Um, I mean, I would see it. If I was if I was there, I would too. They're they're doing a few dates in London in the first week of January, and I definitely am having that internal dialogue with myself where I'm like, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't not want to go to London. So, right? <laughs> like the other <laughs> what sh- better occasion? <laughs> I'm like, I've always wanted to see uh, Birmingham in December. I guess. Um, <laughs> I wonder if this will be as highly publicized there as the coronation. I don't know. I mean, you some know. of the comments on this post already, people are like tagging their friends saying they should go. So, you know, if the ticket sales do really well, maybe they should give us uh, a cut. <laughs> Seriously, it's a kid show, I, I guess. I think so. Ish. I don't I, I don't I don't I mean, I'm, I'm assuming so. <laughs> OK, I mean, I'm intrigued. I, I'm sure a lot of the kids in the UK these days know who Boy George is and are big fans. So. Right. I wonder if they're big fans also of. um Dorit from Real Housewives. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, TBD on whether I will be <laughs> flying to the UK sometime over the holidays. Um, but for now, we're closer to home talking about New Jersey. We're really getting down to the wire here. There's still a lot of wedding planning, I guess, to be done. Rehearsal dinner RSVPs are still coming in or not. Watching wedding planning on a Housewives show is always one of those things where I'm like, I get why why you're performing the task of wedding planning for us on camera, but like, I don't care. Right. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I guess some people are into like wedding planning and stuff, but for me, I've always kind of, even though I did host batches brides, I do find that the the vendor the vendor stuff um, a little boring. And I'm sure also Teresa is not doing any of the planning herself, really. Right? She's like, well, uh, planning a wedding is so stressful, but there's all this other stuff going on. It's like, I don't actually think you're like pulling out your hair, planning your wedding a week in advance, but yeah, I think she's just maybe approving. But whatever. One of my favorite parts about this episode is right at the beginning. Uh, we're at Margaret's house and Jen Fessler comes over with her mother and her aunt, Mazzy and Cassie, these 80 year old identical twins who are <laughs> some of the funniest housewives side characters we've gotten introduced to in a while. I mean, I loved that whole thing. I couldn't believe they were fully matching. I had no idea which one was her mom throughout the entire episode. I don't even know. if Like they look exactly the same exactly the same hairdo they were wearing the same shirt i thought it was like adorable and also like so weird but like also so cute i don't know it's adorable but also like that's their everyday lives (laughs) there's no way they're dressing this maybe maybe when they're going to an event together they're trying but most twins like want a little individuality like right i feel like they're 80 I feel like your parents, when you're a twin and you're like a little kid, are dressing you matching. And then the second you're old enough to be like, I don't want to wear the pink dress. Like, you're... right. Like, it's a par- usually it's a parent thing where they're because they think it's cute, but usually kids are not into it. But these girls, they must be truly identical and like, and just really love being the same person. It's funny also because, you know, they're with Margaret and Marge Sr. And those two also kind of give off twin vibes obviously not like identical twins but i i saw them both on monday night because i we were at the book club movie premiere and they were there and like walking down the red carpet they have their like identical blonde bob blowout haircuts like they're both in glam like they they give off twin vibes a little bit too (laughs) yeah and i think they act more because i don't think there's like as much of a motherly really like it it seems like they're more like sisters almost when she was being brought up i feel like that was sort of hinted at when she talks about her relationship with her mom i I think like her mom had her young yeah yeah so maybe they probably are more like sisters than mother and daughter and close in age. And yeah, they look very, very similar. It's funny that now, uh, like when someone new gets brought on a show like this, they have to kind of do the performative thing of like filling them in on the drama and being like, <laughs> well, you know, there's this girl, Danielle, and she's not on good terms with her family. But then it's hard because then there's the Gorgas and the Judices. And it's like Massey and Cassie don't need to be burdened with the knowledge <laughs> of the, the Gorga family drama. Yeah, I mean, that was I was so funny that you said that because I was thinking the exact same thing. Like in a normal instance where you and a friend had lunch with your mom's you wouldn't like be explaining this whole thing. You would just like completely um, compartmentalize it. But it's so funny that they have to like pretend to be like giving commentary on, oh, she did that. Like, that's crazy. Like, they definitely have no idea what's going on. <laughs> You're like, yes, yeah, so, there's, so there's some drama in the group. And like uh, your daughter, Jen, is like just barely in the group. Um, and then she's talking to these new women. It's like, what? <laughs> It's so strange to think about if one of your family members joined a show like this and then you had to kind of play along. Like if my sister started talking to me about like the drama of the group, I would be like, what are you talking about? 
It's so funny. It reminds me of that scene in The Office where, like, Jim says to Kelly, he's like, um, so what's new? Like, he comes back from, he was in Stanford. He comes back. He goes, what's new? Like, what's going on with you? She goes, oh, my God, so much to report. Like, Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes had a baby. <laughs> and they named her Surrey. And then she starts, like, giving all the celebrity news that's kind of reminded me of this. <laughs> right. It's like, it's like you're regurgitating page six about what's going on with Teresa and Melissa to your mother. Right. Someone who's like, it doesn't really even involve you. Anyway. We also get to the Catania family dinner with Paul and Brittany included. And guess what? It went great. It went fine. <laughs> Despite Frank's biggest fears, it went fine. Although I do kind of feel like Paulie still hates him. Like I definitely get that vibe. Like he doesn't really want to speak to him. But it's nice that Frank sort of didn't get that vibe from him because I did. I, I agree. I think the thing with... With Paul and Frank, it's like, I think Dolores kind of feels stuck in the middle and like she is the one that's kind of pushing the narrative that you should be able to be friends with each other. You should be able to be in the same place, blah, 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 blah. And like, yes, they should be able to, you know, attend a dinner together and be fine. But like, I don't think Paul wants to be friends with Frank. Like that's a, no. that's kind of like a, a template that Dolores has built because that's what's worked in the past or worked in quotation marks, I guess, because obviously it hasn't quite worked out, but like maybe moving forward into the future, like Frank might not actually be around as much if that is not the kind of thing that's going to be working right. for everyone. I don't, I don't know if Frank knows that, but, <laughs> which <Well>. is funny. <laughs> um, I feel like he thinks it's, they're going to be like a six them. And I don't know if that's actually going to turn out that way, but it's funny also because Dolores is not engaged, right? As of now. No. Paul is saying he has a ring, but then they're asking her in the confessional if he has a ring. And she's like, I don't know if he has a ring. And it's like, is this a, is this just like a, a, a an inside joke? Are we, I don't, I don't know. I think he's, I think he's sort of saying it as a way to be like to Frank, like, yeah, this is serious. Like back off. Yeah. Like, I, because I think Frank is not the kind of person like he's going to downplay it until the day that there's a ring on her finger, until the day that they're walking down the aisle. He's going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Polly seems like a nice guy, but you know how how serious is it really? And it's like, no, I, I, I at least all of the things that we're hearing and seeing lead us to believe yeah. that it is quite serious. Agreed. And I also I thought it was great. To give Dolores seems like she was probably such a good mom. Her kids seem so well adjusted and like just like fans of each other, but like not in a weird way. Mm -hmm. And just like har two hardworking, nice children. Totally. And, and I do love that we get um, that moment of Brittany, sweet Brittany, asking Paul if he spoke English when he moved from Ireland to the U.S., in his 20s. That, that was so funny. And then the daughter, she was kind of making fun of her, the daughter, but I wasn't exactly sure what she was saying. She was like, it's almost like you're my friend or something. And it's funny because it kind of was a callback to me of a couple episodes in Ireland when Teresa was like, how much is 80 euros in English? It's like, what do these <laughs> women think Ireland is? Like, <laughs> They're not the sharpest knives in the drawer, for sure. And what did I think Melissa said something also that was very funny. Um, I forgot what it was. Something sort of similar. 
I think they, in their minds, it's like everywhere that's not New Jersey is just like vaguely exotic. And so they're like, oh, Ireland, like a, d- a different place, a different language. language. Like, <laughs> not, not quite. Not exactly. But yeah, I wouldn't say this is the most cultured crew, but <laughs> it's okay. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down, no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about effective shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. The weather is getting warmer, so it's time to ditch those jackets and sweaters for shorts and tees. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found Quince. Now I've got high quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Now that it's getting warmer, I just stocked up on the Quince Cotton Modal t-shirts. I love a black t-shirt that's the right balance of looking really nice, but feeling really comfortable. It's 50% cotton, 50 percent modal. It's lightweight. It's breathable. It has a little stretch to it, but it looks so put together. I also just stocked up on more of my favorite Quince socks because let's be honest, I am at the point in my life where I don't need to have any socks in my closet that have holes in them. I'm getting the Quince ones that are going to last me a long time. They're just the perfect staple to have in your wardrobe. Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, which I just love. Upgrade your wardrobe today. Go to quince.com mention for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot mention to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash mention. Okay, so we we touched on the Teresa and Louis wedding planning conversation a little bit at the beginning, but I want to get into it a little more. So they're Teresa and Louis are going over some details. And one of the things that Teresa is asking about is if Louis's mom wants to do like a father-son dance with him at the reception. Because obviously Teresa's dad is not around, so there's not going to be any kind of like matching father, daughter, whatever. Louis calls his mom. His mom is very much like, whatever you want, I'll do whatever. 
it doesn't make it doesn't make yeah. a difference to me. <laughs> Teresa's immediately like, see, like his family is so easy, so accommodating, and like my family, J- Joey and Melissa, they give us nothing. <laughs> like, well, it's like you weren't asking Joe to give a give you a father daughter dance, like, right? I, the thing is, I I think in this conversation, and we get into the thing of. You know, there was a text that she sent about the rehearsal dinner and, you know, Melissa says they can't come because they didn't know. And so they only left the day open for the wedding. And there's some seems to be some disagreement about whether they should have known there was going to be events the day before, Mm -hmm. I guess. But like, can I also just say (laughs) that I thought it was very weird that when Louis's mom picked up, he was like, hey, sexy. Did anyone else catch that? (laughs) I missed that. He was like, how's it going? Like, super sexy. He said something about her being sexy. And I was like, I don't know if we needed to do that. It felt uncomfortable to me. I guess it was like so quick. Um, But I was like, that's a weird way to greet your mom. It's not the only time in this episode that Louie will make me feel a little bit unsettled. (laughs) But so this this text thing is being blown up by Teresa and Louie as this, you know, line in the sand, you know, Louis says it makes him sick reading the text. Teresa is basically then blaming Melissa for not letting Joey have his family. And, you know, then it's turning into this narrative from Louis that Joe can't stand to see her happy. And no matter what man she's with, it's going to be an issue. And now that they're getting married, he has to get in the way. I don't necessarily think like Joe and Melissa have always been the most perfect supportive siblings, but it does feel like we're we're jumping to some conclusions here because they aren't yeah. available to attend the rehearsal dinner. Totally. I mean, listen, I totally get, I think it is a little crazy that she's going to pretend that she didn't know there was a rehearsal dinner. Like there's always a rehearsal dinner before a wedding. And it's not like, it's not like Teresa and Louie are so low key that they would like not do a rehearsal dinner. So I do think it's a little passive aggressive that she made other plans for that night. And I do think it, it isn't like, the nicest thing that she's not coming and doesn't really seem to feel particularly bad about it. So I can understand being a little annoyed about that. Although I think Louis takes it to an extreme level that I don't think is necessary. Calling him like trash and the scum on the street. Like it's like they didn't do anything that crazy in like the, it's not insane. He also wasn't even going to invite them. It seemed like on the last episode or two episodes ago. That I believe was is a different dinner that's happening on Thursday before the wedding. Okay. <laughs> so so they weren't going to get the invite on Thursday, but then they did get the invite on I guess Friday and aren't available to attend. So it, there's a lot of wedding events clearly happening. Right. But you would imagine like to give and I'm not usually a Teresa defender, but you would imagine that Melissa would, before making plans on the Friday before her sister-in-law's wedding, would have asked Teresa, like, hey, I just want to make sure there's nothing going on the night. Like, that's what I would, if I had a friend whose wedding, I knew their wedding was a certain date, right? I would probably save the whole weekend or at least ask them if I, if I needed to have another plan. So. Yeah, I think that's, that, I agree that probably it was a little bit, you know, short-sighted, petty, whatever you want to call it, on the part of Melissa and Joe to not kind of just clear that their schedule that weekend. But also it's one of those things where I feel like you can view individual choices in a vacuum, but when you zoom out, it's like these people don't have a good 
communication with each other. They don't have, they're not in a good place generally. So it's like something that should be such a simple text that it's like, hey, just making sure before we make any plans, like, is there going to be an event on Friday night that we should be keeping open? Like, it, it, it becomes this whole thing because they can't just communicate with each other like normal, well-adjusted people. Right. That's a great point. And like everyone is sort of like trying to prove something with their actions, which then leads other people to prove things with, with their actions, which leads to everyone sort of like fighting about the specific thing at hand when the real issue is obviously the larger relationship. Yeah, and Louis seems to be at sort of a breaking point. There's a couple scenes in this episode where he's really sort of spiraling out talking about Joe specifically. In this first one, he's uh, Teresa's kind of like she even seems a little bit taken aback. She's like, "Yeah. Okay, yeah, like uh, uh-huh, like just kind of just try to stay calm." And he's like he says, "You know what it's like for me to be calm around an animal like that? I'm not going to lower myself to trash." And it's like have you have you stayed calm around him this whole season? I don't I wouldn't really say that that's what's happened. Yeah, I would also I would feel uncomfortable no matter what they were doing. I would feel a little uncomfortable talking about someone's brother that way. Like if they weren't talking about them that way. I I thought it was like even like I, I agree with you. Teresa even looked like she was like not digging into that. Like she was a little hesitant to go there or let him go there. And I do think it kind of crossed a line the way she's talking about him because it's not like he's saying he's yelling about specific actions that they're doing. He's making it like full character personality traits and he's like name calling, which I don't necessarily think you hear from the Gorgas. Like they they complain about Teresa's actions and how she doesn't feel this way about her family and doesn't, but they're never saying like she's a piece of shit, she's trash. Like they're never yeah really like taking it to that level. And I think it is a little crazy that someone would speak about their wife's brother that way. Be one thing if Teresa was saying it, but she's not. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think to Teresa's credit, she has specific things, specific issues, specific instances that have really rubbed her the wrong way and where she's felt like Joe hasn't supported her or Melissa has done things to upset her. Like I think regardless of kind of like who you like more, having disagreements about specific things is valid. Whereas Louis almost seems to be doing the same thing that he's criticizing Joe for, where he says that Joe is going to have a problem and get in the way and, you know, create issues with any man that she's with. And now that they're getting married, he can't handle it. And Louis on this episode is calling him an animal, calling him a rat, calling him trash, calling him saying he wouldn't give him a cup of water in the street. Like all of this stuff, it's like, you are at like an equally, if not lower place with the way you're talking about this guy. Whereas like Joe, I mean, Joe and Teresa aren't hanging out in this episode. It's not like they're having some big blowout fight and that's causing problems. It's like they're at this point in the season, they're spending a lot of time apart talking about each other. And like their, their tone of voice, like you said, is a lot different than the way that Louis is kind of, ratcheting up the intensity yeah and it definitely made me kind of uncomfortable um that he's that he's doing that i feel like it was it's just it also it's in such such juxtaposition to the way you feel like he wants to be seen around everything else which is like this peacemaker and this like um you know like 
like man who's in touch with his feelings and maybe men, very into mental health. Like that's not someone who, to me, who's prioritizing mental health. That's not really the way they mm-hmm. would want to be seen speaking about someone. Yeah. I also think there's a little bit of revisionist history going on from Louis because he's, he's kind of making it seem like he's been pushed finally to this breaking point where he can no longer you know, sit silently and just stay calm and and watch Joe destroy Teresa and blah, blah, blah. But if you go back, one of the first episodes of this season, I remember talking about that moment where they're where it's Teresa and Louis and I think like Gabriella's there at home. And Louis calling Joe garbage, Joe and Melissa in that scene. And so it's like He's been expressing these thoughts about the Gorgas pretty much over the whole course of this season. They've they've also, you know, argued in the past. Like it's not like it's mm-hmm. not like Louis has never said a negative word about Joe and Melissa and then is just like finally getting pushed to a breaking point here. Yeah. It, it definitely is not, I think, a flattering side of him. Splash Refreshers are the delicious zero-calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three-beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin in orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day, and it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. I feel like we've uh, we've given Teresa a fair amount of credit in this conversation, but I do, I do just want to bring up the point where she makes the claim that 
she and her ex-husband, Joe Judice, only ever started to fight because of things that Joe Gorga did to interfere with their relationship. And I just like, ma'am, roll footage, please. Come on. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I was thinking the same thing, especially when you talk about revisionist history. Like, I mean, did we not remember when Joe Judice made that that very infamous Napa call? The, the bitch wife phone call? Yeah, like we can't. It's kind of like not everything can be blamed on Joe and Melissa. Not a, like. <laughs> yeah, I th- well, I think that's also as somebody who likes to kind of stay somewhat neutral in these situations. I like to look at both sides and really, you know, give a fair shot to kind of each person. Where Teresa tends to lose me a little bit is when it seems like she is kind of dismissing all this stuff that we've watched play out over the years just for the sake of a narrative that kind of is one-sided. And I think the thing with her ex is such like the perfect example of that where it's like she still has this instinct to kind of downplay the issues in that relationship, which ended in divorce. They're not together anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you don't have to, you don't have to make up a narrative about what your marriage was like now that we've watched it play out. Now that you're happily with someone else married again, your kids are doing great. You both made it through the, the prison years or whatever. Like, it feels like that is kind of the lack of growth that we want to see where it's like you're, you know, you're going to the therapist. It seems like you're making good strides in some areas, but then it's like, if you still can't admit to yourself that there were just some inherent issues in your relationship with Joe that weren't caused by somebody else fucking with you, it's like (laughs) you come on. (laughs) Yeah. She's almost like trying to gaslight us as an audience into thinking that like that all these things were their result of someone else when that's not the case. And again, it doesn't mean that it's bad if they fought over other things, if Joe wasn't the reason behind all of their fights. And you know, I actually think to Joe's credit, we don't see him talk about Joe Judice at all this season. I mean, definitely not. It's not like a main topic of conversation. I think last season that came up more kind of yeah. talking about the situation with him, you know, not being around and, the, the prison stuff and all of that, that's definitely been kind of a thread in the past. But this year, I, I do feel like Joe and Melissa are kind of in a new, in the next phase. Like they're not actually thinking about what happened in 2012 that much when they're dealing with Teresa in 2022. Right. And I mean, to their credit, maybe because I'm pretty sure last season was when he, they were fighting with Gia. And she was upset that they were saying mm. he was saying negative things about her father. Yeah. To that to his credit, he hasn't said anything since. At least not on the show. And I think in my mind, I was kind of hoping that Joe Judice has had put it to bed, but I guess not, since he's giving Louis like the uh he's sort of like bringing that drama into this new relationship by telling him that he should be angry with Joe with Joe Gorga. Yeah. It it also it's funny to watch this stuff play out with the knowledge already that they don't end up going to the wedding because there's so much back and forth about maybe I don't even want them at the wedding. Maybe I'm starting to think that we shouldn't be at the wedding and it's like you're not going to go to the wedding. <laughs> right, we all know. Yeah. Well, like, they won't they. They're won't really they? leaving it to like an 11th hour decision, which I think in in some ways it seems like it was, but that it's like I think 
you know, several episodes in advance, we can kind of tell like it it probably is the right choice, at least in that situation to not go. I mean, there's always going to be there's the thing of like, oh, well, you're net you can't get that back. And you're always going to have that thing of like, I wasn't at the wedding because we weren't getting along. And it's like these two entities have never really gotten along the entire time that we've been watching on the show. And it's like, what what are the chances that 10 years from now, Melissa's really going to be like, it's my biggest regret in life that I wasn't at Teresa and Louis' wedding. I, I think it's better for them to not go. And I, the only thing I did agree with Louis saying was like the energy of them being there would probably take away from it because there is such tension between them. So like in that regard, I kind of did agree with him. Like it's better if they don't go because it's just going to bring down the energy. So I guess there's that love and light, you know, (laughs) love and light, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I'm a, I feel like I'm a supporter of sometimes you got to just like, leave things where they are and do the best with what you have. It. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like almost by going, you're saying you're trying to prove something. And Ex- like, what are you trying to prove that you're close? No one thinks that. Ex- right. Exactly. It's like proving that you're a loving family. It's like, I don't, that's not really. That ship has sailed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Like pre- pretending that it's some like one time issue that is going to be worked out next month is just like, I don't think any of them are living in that delusion anymore. So it's like, Best to just leave it. Agreed. The other thing I want to get to is the continuing conversation around Margaret's ex-best friend, Laura, and the chaos that she's causing within this group without ever showing her face. There seems to be kind of a circling the drain effect of this rumor that she told to Jennifer and Teresa about Melissa making out with another guy, uh, because, of course... They were talking about it in Ireland a little bit. Jennifer, I guess, told Margaret that she's no longer talking to Laura. But then Jennifer tells us, the audience, that she like called Laura to see who she's been talking to. There, you know, there's this whole question. Danielle is going to have to tell Melissa. It does feel like this has been going on just a little too long to me. Right. I think they could have wrapped this, especially because I actually don't really think there were any any truth to the if there was truth to it i think we could take it maybe till the end of the season but it just seems so random and like not that interesting almost at this point right that i agree they should like cut that i think the thing for me is so i guess the the idea is that the most damaging part of this rumor is that it maybe originated with margaret and that this would rip apart the friendship between margaret and melissa but i that's just we know that doesn't happen. Like it doesn't feel like it's going to happen. It hasn't been borne out in their dynamics since then. They're still friends. And so if it felt like it was like leading up to some large, you know, fracture within the group, it would be like, Oh hell yeah, this is going to be like finale moment, get into it at the reunion. But I'm like, okay, what? So Danielle is going to make this like huge scene out of pulling Melissa aside. And then Melissa is going to be like, laughing her off like that like that right. or at the very you know maybe danielle and melissa then have like a bigger feud for next season but it's like this rumor isn't actually gonna like change anything right because if it was going to i think it would have already happened by now yeah and even especially the fact that jennifer has essentially it seems like chosen not to do anything with it except for 
give it to Danielle and kind of see what she does. It's like, if this was going to be like uh, a crowning, you know, big moment in a housewife's career, Jennifer would have taken it for herself. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't think it's, I don't think it's happening. They should let it die. If I, I, were them. I do think we only have like one, maybe two episodes left. So there, there's got to be something going on. We're going to be at Polly's Roaring 20s Ireland party, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that that came up super organically, I feel like. <laughs> We've got to... You know stop- what we should do? We should have an... Like, <laughs> I think... Pa- Polly doesn't seem like he's like necessarily would be throwing this... Uh, this this uh, party appropriating his own culture just randomly on his own. (laughs) (laughs) Especially like three weeks after we did the whole Ireland trip. It's like they really just, they were like digging the bottom of the barrel for, for themes this year. And they're like, uh, the trip, Ireland, the party, Ireland. (laughs) So what if someone got a little lazy when they were doing the, uh, the mapping out of the season, Ireland, but like in the past, perhaps. (laughs) Right. Ireland, but like maybe slightly more offensive. (laughs) (laughs) I think the Roaring Twenties theme has now been like fully exhausted because the the Atlanta season premiere earlier this week, there was a Harlem Nights theme, which was also just basically like Roaring Twenties. It's like like we can't keep doing like feathers and fringe and headbands. Like we got to we got to switch it up. Agreed. Every couple of years, there's like a new Housewives party theme that gets really overdone. Like there was like the murder mystery era. It oh, felt yeah. like it's like we gotta gotta shuffle the deck. Someone, yeah, someone needs to come in there and freshen it up a bit. They should maybe the batch, someone from the Bachelor can come consult. Oh my god, I don't know if the Bachelor is really what we want to be aspiring to on Fair. Housewives, Fair. but <laughs> there's got to be like a reality TV theme consultant like that somebody must be getting paid two hundred thousand dollars a year to do that i mean if there's not i would like to apply to create the job (laughs) okay good good call that can be like betcha's next venture is just uh, reality tv consulting theme theme party it's a little more niche than that right 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 reality tv themed party consulting (laughs) perfect uh well we will get to work on that but in the meantime thank you so much jordana it's always a pleasure thanks dylan so excited to be back in a couple weeks bye and thank you everyone for listening don't forget to rate review and follow the show wherever you listen you can follow us on instagram at bravo by betches and until next time be cool don't be all like uncool Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Picot, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Picot. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.